1: and yeah. 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 there's screams from everywhere, yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill, I'm ready. it's a dangerous Sign. love affair, Come can't be scared when it goes down, got a problem, tell me Sign. now, only thing that's on my mind, is we'll around this town yeah. tonight. Oh, hey,
2: welcome to Call Me, me Lesser Sports Talk. Tuesday morning, Phoenix, Arizona. Alex Clancy and Deborah Debris in studio. I do believe we'll have Kwame call in. He's doing a little training with some college guys. uh, A little bit up north of us, but uh, we'll probably hear from him a little bit later. Got a lot to talk about today. We're going to start with A-Rod and the 162-game suspension. That is the final suspension that he will get. uh, Dumbed down from the 211 that was the initial suspension. And we'll talk about how he's... Going through every way possible to try to overturn the ban, which I don't believe will happen. We'll talk NFL. Uh, the conference championships are upon us this Sunday. Two very, very interesting games for teams that have similar dynamics and completely different at the same time. We'll talk a little NBA on the third segment and then uh, down and dirty with Deborah in the fourth. Deborah?
3: I'm here. How's everything been? <clears throat> doing good. Looking forward to uh, this evening. I've got a coaching gig where I'm going to be uh, part of a panel discussion working with some powerful businesswomen doing some live coaching. Then this weekend off to uh, Coach's Honors Football Camp with uh, his kickers. So uh, these are college kickers and NFL hopefuls. So nice. looking forward to that as
2: well. Nice. Yeah. Sounds good. Having fun. Yeah. Good things. Thanks. <laughs> We're looking, we're looking towards the draft as we're uh, going through the playoffs. So, oh yeah, I mean it's again as Kwame says, it's a 365 day job. So, Absolutely, for one person or another. All right, A Rod is still an idiot uh, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> take that away from it. Um, I mean, we all saw this coming. I think. I mean, some people thought that maybe he would get a hundred game suspension, have it get dropped down, but with Anthony Bosch testimony, especially with the sixty minutes interview. Uh, it didn't seem like that was a possibility. I thought that the, I thought the 211 game would be upheld at that point. Um, I feel like Alex Rodriguez's camp is trying to muddy the waters and bring out as much red herring as possible to make it seem like he didn't do anything wrong. I'm not exactly sure what their end game is, but at this point, they uh, they're fighting a battle that they cannot win.
3: Well, and it's interesting that A-Rod has never testified, and, you know, he's really never admitted to taking the drugs that they're accusing him of taking. Uh, he's made some comments around the fact is, you know, I really didn't know, didn't understand, didn't know what I was taking, which, you know, who on a pro level would ever put something in their body that they didn't know or understand what it was and what it was going to do to them uh, negatively or, you know, positively uh, he's an angry guy he's a really ticked off guy right now when he's going after not only major league baseball but the players association as well he's not happy with anybody
2: yeah no absolutely and he the only time he did t- uh say that he took performance enhancing drugs was between 2001 and 2003 in texas right after he got that 250 million dollar contract right. because of the pressure that that came with it which is uh a joke um this Horowitz guy the arbitrator he's not somebody that you mess with and I've said this since day one a couple weeks ago probably even a month ago at this point I ran down his accolades he's been doing this forever he's doing this forever he doesn't he reads through the BS. He doesn't. He sees the facts in front of him. makes a Makes a decision based upon them and not based upon the final plea of a of an ailing guy who's just trying to play baseball again, a game that he loves. Even though he tried to circumvent the system every second that he was in the league, allegedly. And this is all. I mean, I, a lot of people uh, speculate that he's been doing this since college, since high school. I mean, it's, it's not a learned thing once you become a top draft pick and you get thrown into the Mariners organization and you flourish right away. I mean, he, was, he always seemed, looking back in hindsight, too good to be true, and it seems like he was. Well, and that's the thing Horowitz made a comment that uh, while
4: the
3: length of the suspension may be unprecedented for the, um, for the Major League Baseball, the player also had conduct that was, you know, really unprecedented.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, he, the way they justified it was he took three banned substances, 50 games each. They gave him a first-time offense on each one because in the normal joint drug agreement, first one's 50, second offense is 100 games, and third offense is lifetime ban with, with chance of appeal. So he's not getting a lifetime ban. So in essence, they're giving him a deal, I guess you yeah, could say. Yeah, cut off easy. Um, <laughs> but... Take him being suspended for the whole two thousand and fourteen season aside the Yankees are going to try and void his contract because he tried to go after them MoBpa hmm. why would they back him up if he's just bashing them the whole time not not uh not representing him the way they should have hmm. and going after major leagues for violating the joint drug agreement which it's it's ridiculous this is an extenuating circumstance I'm not well,
3: plus what's interesting he's pointing the finger at everybody like you just said, and then we've got. You know, the practice season coming up, you know, the the preseason and all that. And he's looking to go play. Yeah, because he wants to get paid. Well, yeah. But
2: and this is, who and would th-
3: want him there? And who would want the circus that goes with him there?
2: Well, I don't know if this 162 game plus playoff ban uh, keeps him from practicing with the team in the spring training. From my understanding, it doesn't. Yeah. he can so, practice. So you know what? That's, that's his right to do so. Mm. Um, it's not to mend fences. It's not to win back the hearts of the Yankees fans. An, I, I mean, he now is the most hated man in Major League Baseball and has been. And, and I've said this before. I, I backed him up for a while because he take away. And if you can, for a second, take away the cheating aspect or the alleged cheating aspect at that point. He was trying to make a, he was trying to be a good role model for his kids in the sense that you don't give up in the, in this, in the midst of adversity. I mean, I get that. However, these now are the acts of a of a desperate man.
3: Well, the other side too is if you're if he is guilty, um, which you know everybody pretty much thinks that he is, then if you're going to teach your kids a lesson, you also admit you're wrong and take your blows and go on.
2: Yeah, so I mean, and, where's and, the lesson? Well, look at <laughs> I mean, look at Nelson Cruz. He got a fifty game uh, fifty game suspension. He took he took the fifty games instead of fighting in, instead of appealing, and he was back for the one game playoff for the Rangers for them to make the playoffs. So, I mean, you, yeah, you take your medicine, and then you get to eventually play. They gave every... Then everybody forgives you, and you go on. Right. They yeah. gave these top-tier players the chance to play with their teams in the playoffs. So uh, that's the sweetest deal you, you can you can come by. Right. And uh, Bud Selig, yeah, I, 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 he's been questioned a lot by this ban, you know, making it more about him than the rules of the game and and the joint drug agreement. Why would it be there if you don't adhere to the rules? But I, I back him up on this. You know, He Alex Rodriguez is everything that's been wrong with baseball since the steroid era. And cheaters should never prosper. He's made – he stole money from organizations and from uh, – the Rangers and, and Yankees alone gave him over $500 million. So he definitely stole money from a franchise with false advertising ever since he went to Texas. So the fact that he's trying to fight it now and – and trying to save face and 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 reinvent his name and and things of that regard I, I think is just it's delusional,
3: yeah, whether you look at him from the entertainment industry and the womanizing or you look at him from the baseball league and the fact that he's you know not happy with uh, the league or the players or the players association. I mean, he's just, he's just a ticked off guy. I that's think, a
2: loner right now. I and he has he should, nobody to back. Yeah, him up. he should have called Lance Armstrong after his interview on TV. Yeah. They could have called the world and, could, and held hands. It's the and, same exact thing. Nobody's neither of them failed the drug test. I think A-Rod passed 12 drug tests between 2010 and 2013. If you're ahead of the curve of what they test for, you can pass anything. Mm-hmm. And he did so. And, um, It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Yankees what they do if they choose to go to the full extent of the law and try to avoid the rest of his contract because that'll save them a boatload of money uh, it'll outside. save face it, it'll right. it will get their fans back in their corner well, and and, keep, and, and extra- them away from the team right and yeah. exile this player that has been the cancer that everybody suspected he was, but now with with uh, this Horowitz arbitration, which is as ironclad as you can as you can get. Know um, to be true, so I'm not sure what the next step is for Aaron. I know he's he's suing the the major league. He's he's appealing the ban and all these things. Which if he took it to the Supreme Court, it will take up to three years, and it cost a boatload of money. Well, yeah, from but I everybody mean, involved. Yeah, he has that. I, well, I, but
3: I, it's going to cost the. Players Association, I mean, everybody is going to have to pay, which is not going to make them happy either.
2: No. I mean, and the chance of, I was reading an article, the chance of it actually become, being overturned is minuscule Minimal, at best. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't know. So, fight it, what you
3: can't win, but keep your name in the press. Well, and, and
2: I don't know what that. what is the end game a positive end game for him with regards to this. Like, let's, let's step outside of the situation, try to look in his head. He's trying to accomplish being able to play the quote-unquote game that he loves. Is that one? Is it to try to just save face and be able to go out in public without getting eggs thrown at him? Mm-hmm. Or And, and I, I talked about this uh, yesterday, or Tuesday, uh, Friday, that if I saw A-Rod walking down the street, I'd give him a high five. He's, he's a famous guy. You know I'm a sports fan. He he did a lot for the game, even though he was cheating. I mean the same Barry Bonds, all these guys. Right. So on that side, it came out. I mean he he said something in an article where, where people love him and they were cheering for him when he was walking down the street. No crap. So I mean so it would I. So that would anybody like that. that's starstruck, nobody's unless you're a Red Sox fan, you're not going to throw eggs at him, uh, proverbially. But I, I, maybe saving face, trying to play baseball again, and. Trying to say, trying to make the last fifty million dollars or whatever it is on his contract because he's going to lose. I think uh, what is it, twenty five? He's going to lose. I think maybe even a little bit more than that this year. I think he's going to lose twenty five. He's supposed to make twenty five this year, so he's going to lose twenty five million dollars <laughs> this year. Um, but the question I
3: would look at it. I think if I were him, and I go, you know, even if I win, you know, what, is it just the money? Because going back into the league, who's going to want him? How is he? How are the fans going to? Look at him. How are the other players going to look at him? Being in the locker room has got to be really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. So if he really plays it out into the future of what it would look like if he were to even make it back, uh, it's not really a real good picture.
2: Yeah. What's happened with Lance Armstrong since then? Have we heard who, anything about him? Who knows? I mean, yeah. He had cares? to step down <laughs> as the chairman of Livestrong, which is one right. of the most popular, uh, at least sports-based right. charities for. county Cam- I mean, loved. Yeah, I mean. and. And unfortunately, for him really quick, unfortunately for him, well, fortunately for him in that charity, a lot of this money that he made was dirty money. Mm -hmm. Yet it went to a good cause, so it was probably overlooked, and then they just went after his personal funds and not the charity funds, which would have been a a whole other drastic thing. Well, the one thing I haven't
3: heard with uh – a-Rod either is the uh, sponsorships stuff. Have you heard much about
2: that? No, Anybody I haven't. stepping down I feel like because this is so fresh, people are trying to decide what's actually going to happen. I mean, I feel like with A-Rod wearing your gear, he's so A-Rod now. He's still an Adonis in the sport of baseball, even though he has, it's well, people, like he's wearing a fur coat with red paint on it.
3: Well, people will buy it just so they can burn it.
2: Well, I mean, that's fair as well. <laughs> I mean, in Arizona, people burn uh, driver's licenses too. So um, we have to take a break. On the other side of the break, I do want to talk about this final play in the Saints game uh, against Seattle. Was it a set play? Was Marcus Colston? Did he have a brain fart? Kwame uh, Lester, sports talk, Deborah DeBree, Alex Clancy in the studio.
4: internet
0: flagship station for sports Voice America Sports Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchOfDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. internet flagship station for sports
4: voice america sports
2: welcome back to my lesson of sports talk Devin debris alex clancy in studio we just talked a rod i'm done i'm done with him for today i'm sure stuff will come out tomorrow We or uh, thursday we can talk about it then I do want to talk briefly about the final play in the Saints Seahawks game. It was questionable. People didn't really understand if Marcus Colston had just had a brain fart or if it was a set play in the huddle before the game started. Before the play started, for those of you who didn't see it, 11 seconds left. The Saints are down eight. I believe they're around the 50 yard line. Drew Brees throws a 15-17 yard pass to Marcus Colston on the sideline. Traditionally, you would just step out of bounds there, set up one final play for a hail mary. If converted, two-point conversion, tie the game, go into overtime. Drew Reese threw the ball to Marcus Colson. Marcus Colson, instead of turning out of bounds, spun and threw the ball across the field in an effort to throw a lateral when uh, what actually happened was he threw the ball about seven yards in front of the intended receiver on the other side of the field, thus ending the game due to the 10-second runoff caused by uh, an offensive penalty inside, I think, a minute in the fourth quarter. Plus, it was uh, a bounce pass. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> and it came out today that that was an actual set play. Um, Sean Payton did admit that they might have ran it too early in the game. Uh, ran it too early. Maybe if there were four or five seconds left at the, at the beginning of the play, instead of eleven, would have been better suited instead of uh, throwing a hail mary at that point on the other side of the fifty yard line. It begs the question: What the hell? Well, <laughs> uh, who and, the play? well, I mean Sean Payne did. I mean, this is what they okay, did. This did, is what did. they do. This is they're deep rooted in this, stemming from the uh opening kickoff of the second half of the Super Bowl they won mm-hmm. kicking and recovering an onside kick. So it, they've kind of put this at bay uh, in in the past recent years in recent history. However, this has always been in their arsenal running trick plays when nobody else would. And I feel like somebody that maybe has had quarterback experience he threw the ball to instead of Marcus Colston. <laughs> I mean, it, it looked like he threw the ball with his, with his opposite hand. Th- yeah. That's how fluid it was. And um, if they it, it would have completed it, he, that guy was wide open on the other side of the field. Wide open. So this would have gone down as maybe even better than the Music City Miracle with Tennessee, w- which was also a, a forward pass that, that wasn't called against the Buffalo Bills. Um, I just don't know... If this was the time to do it, maybe in a regular season game you do it, but if you have a top four, top three quarterback in your huddle, let him throw a 35-yard touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham or something. Yeah, in that regard, some, especially – yeah.
3: Um, again, these type of creative trick plays, I'm wondering how often that they're practiced as well and how often do you practice they them They put under, it
2: in earlier that week.
3: Yeah, but if you, it's – we're talking pressure, too. And anytime somebody's under pressure, they're not going to think as well. They're not going to play as well. Their instincts and their uh, flexibility is not going to be there. So it's just – it was a really risky play that
2: obviously if it had worked out, it would have been great, but didn't. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, <laughs> the, I mean, the one person that I'm very happy for is Marcus Colson because you look like a bumbling idiot for doing this if this, <laughs> was, if this wasn't the actual play call. Right. Uh, okay. Segway. Seattle, San Francisco, in Seattle – and then Denver and New England in Denver. Uh, it's going to be old versus new. Mm-hmm, which is um, going to be
3: really interesting. I,
2: before these playoffs started, I said that this would be the year that new took over old. Mm. This would be the year that... And, and I, I initially started that with Andrew Luck over uh, Tom Brady. But with all of the things that transpired by all the analysts saying that Indy was going to win, I, I quickly changed that uh, call on Friday, um, now there is going to be a chance for old to beat new or for new to beat old and I do believe that the only team that can actually beat and this is weird to say, but the only team that could beat New England or Denver would be Seattle in my opinion. I'm going to tell you why. Granted, yes, Colin Kaepernick is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. As a position, he's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. Granted, the defenses are 50-50. They're split. Wash. Running backs, I give the edge slightly to Marshawn Lynch. But you're playing in Seattle. The 12th man has cemented itself as the most important thing. Take weather away, take everything away. All these outside circumstances the most important thing besides the players on the field in the NFL. And I mean, I guess you can say, and I, and I include coaches in that, I think the 12th man is the most important aspect of the Seattle Seahawks game that doesn't have the pads on.
3: Well, I also look at Russell Wilson, and I think he's not as flashy as Kaepernick,
2: but he's consistent. And he's mean, been consistently bad in the past six games.
3: Well, in the past six games, but I think he's got to come back. I mean, he's got to come back in his back pocket. I think there's possibilities there. I mean, I like the guy. I think he's a good quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, and I don't know. I like him. Yeah, I, I think that – but having said that – But then Kaepernick started out bad too. It has now gone you know, the opposite direction, so it will be interesting to see whether he holds up under the pressure.
2: Well, because I do believe the difference between Kaepernick and Russell Wilson, number one, is that Kaepernick, he can read defenses better. I believe. And he's been able to and learned to take what the defense is giving him as opposed to, you know, forcing the run or forcing the pass in given situations. Russell Wilson doesn't have the electric running ability that Colin Kaepernick does. Oh, that's for sure. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Kaepernick, I mean, Russell Wilson might have a little bit of a better arm, a little bit better accuracy. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that Kaepernick is the better quarterback. So having said all those things about Seattle being the only team out of the two to beat Denver or New England, I do believe that San Francisco will win this game. They will go in, they will play smash-mouth football, they have a great offensive line, a great defensive line, arguably one of the best middle linebackers in the game in Patrick Willis, and Frank Gore shows up gigantically in big games. He shows up hugely in big games. The 51-yard run, run against Seattle the last mm. game, two, uh, in week 16 that set up the field goal for the win. So what do you think about coach to coach? I think that Pete Carroll is a better story, but I think Jim Harbaugh is better fit for the NFL. And I think you have to have a little, a, a little, uh, a little a-hole in you. <laughs> to win, I mean, look at Belichick. Well, he's absolutely. not a nice guy. Yeah. He's not a sweet guy. Yeah.
3: Nobody hires uh, you to be a nice guy. They hire you to win.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you know, and I think the exception to the rule in in in, uh, in recent memory is Tony Dungy because he's the sweetest man alive. And right. but they only won one. You know, they yeah. could have won six. Right. They could have. I mean, they had the they had the team and the wherewithal to win six. I think you need the ability to call a fake punt on the last play of the game when the game doesn't matter, just to stick it to the other team. All right. I think you need. Oh, I just got a text. I got an angry text from Kwame. Last night, stop yelling at me, man. <laughs> who are who
1: the idiots in uh, Fox that Didn't let you know I was on. I was off about five minutes.
2: He texted me. He put it. He put it on the thing. Don't don't call Kevin an idiot. Anyways, okay. So we're talking. We're talking. Oh, you heard. We're talking Seattle, San Francisco. I believe that Seattle is the only team that could beat Denver or New England, but I do believe that San Francisco will win the game in Seattle, go on the road, and overcome the 12th man because they're the better team and they have better weapons on offense. And I do believe, as a whole, Jim Harbaugh will gear them up and pump them up better than Pete Carroll will pump up Seattle. What do you think?
1: I, I think um, both of those teams. I think the Super Bowl champions is going to come out of the uh, NFC. I think both of those teams, San Francisco 49ers, because of their defense. Seattle Seahawks, because of their defense. I, I wouldn't put one quarterback over another except that one runs better than the other. I'm asking Colin Kaepernick to do what he does best when he's in a uh, trouble situation. I'm also going to ask uh, Russell Wilson to do what he does best. I'm not asking Russell Wilson to throw all over the pocket. Uh, but he does have some escapability being 5'11 and 3'4's. He does have capability. He does do things. And that's why their offense is predicated when he most times when he's passing. He's outside of the pocket. He's on the boot. Um, but I think the the, the team that – either one of these teams will be able to beat the New England Patriots, and not because it's Tom Brady. It'd be more so what they don't have outside of Tom Brady. It'd be more of that. Because the defense, they are going to outmatch, uh, or if, if worst case scenario, best case scenario, they're going to balance up with any of those offense, whether it be the Denver Broncos or whether it be the New England Patriots. The Seattle
2: Seahawks has one of the, the number one defensive league. Do you think? Hey, do you think that two warm weather teams can go into New York and play one of the best cold weather quarterbacks mm-hmm. of all time? If if Tom Brady beats Denver, I mean, especially young quarterbacks that haven't played in that weather a lot, especially the, in, with the magnitude of game that it's the Super Bowl. Obviously, do you think that 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 won't have a deciding factor at all? Seattle's
1: not warm weather.
2: Okay, Uh-oh, but I'm I'm talking snow. I'm talking crap. Like Ice I mean, S- Seattle. Seattle. At least okay. Rain. Y- y- these these fields now have great drainage systems, so it's not the same thing as as what it used to be in the '80s and '90s with rain. People aren't slipping as much. Take kickers away because Shane Graham missed a couple kicks due to his footing against Seattle, but. I think with the cold, the bitter cold in the teens and the twenties, is not something that Seattle gets a lot, especially when they have day games.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think they'd be fine in the cold weather because once the game starts, um, that doesn't even tell me uh, I, come into play. What comes into play if you if you're losing so bad and you can't wait till it's over, then you're thinking everything about you're thinking about everything other than football. But if you try trying to win a football game, that cold weather don't come into play. You can ask San Fran that uh, it, it, it's cold but they didn't fill it to the where They were trying to win a football game in Green Bay, um, but it, it could be a factor for those who have less mental capability to not put their mind at the task at hand, and that's to go in and win a football game because everybody's on the same playing field. I know most of those guys, uh, they're playing in cold weather, but most of them are not from cold weather places, so they have to go there, and they have to get acclimated to also. I don't care if you're playing it every year. You still have to get acclimated to all conditions at any time. So... Green Bay, and Green Bay doing it most often than than those um, well Green Bay and Denver than the San Fran and Seattle team doing it playing the playing cold weather most often. I still don't see it as a factor because now you have to worry about if it's Denver Broncos can Peyton Manning in the fourth quarter uh, make those throws he has to make if his uh, shoulder um, shoulder uh, neck and back hasn't tightened up. You have to worry about a lot of different other elements. If uh, barring any injuries, are those guys gonna be able to. Put the mindset of the cold weather or the elements away and play a football
2: game. Yeah, well, when it comes think, down to it, I, you I, have you I, have two veteran teams, two veteran quarterbacks against two fairly young quarterbacks. Uh, Seattle's Seattle's secondary isn't com, uh, isn't completely veteran. I mean, I mean they're not they're not ten year veterans. They're still younger guys, and P. Carroll has never been in a game like this before. So if Seattle wins and goes to Goes to New York, goes to the Meadowlands or Jersey, wherever it is. You think that you think that it won't matter. You think that it's still going to come out of the NFC. I
1: think it's the. I, I really believe the uh, Super Bowl comes out of the NFC. Um, that's just. I'm just going off the teams, uh, teams alone, and what they have at each position. I'm not discounting uh, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Uh, obviously, one of those guys will be in it. I'm not discounting what those guys uh, have done during regular season. Um, and that's speaking of uh, Peyton Manning. I'm not discounting what Tom Brady does uh, consistently out there in the postseason. But I look at Wolverine's football games, and that's usually defense.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, we got to take a break. On the other side, I do want to talk more about this because I highly disagree with you. Uh, Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasser on the line, Deborah Debris in studio. We'll be back in about a minute.
0: internet flagship
4: station for sports voice america sports do you love sports talk can't get enough sports talk Sports Channel. time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you
1: might still be in that place if you're trying to get out.
4: Just
2: follow me. I consider You can try and read my lyrics. Welcome back to Kwame Lassetter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. Call me on the line. Uh, we've been talking NFC championship game. Uh, really quick. Kwame, so who's your pick for the uh, really quick for the NFC?
1: NFC, wow. That's a tough one because of real quick I'll just go with Seattle. As Much as I love San Fran, I'll go with Seattle.
2: Deborah? Yeah, told you Seahawks. Uh, San Francisco 49ers win 24-17. With with the quarterback play alone, I believe that San Francisco will win that game. Uh, Moving over to the AFC, New England-Denver, I will say this right off the bat, that if New England beats Denver, I believe they are a favorite going into the Super Bowl because of how good Denver's offense is. I do believe that if New England can score more points than Denver offensively, I mean that's obviously if you score more points you win the game, but if they can outscore that offense, that potent offense, then I believe they will be favorites going into going into uh uh Fox or uh, uh the Meadowlands and I will go with history here and pick New England over Denver due to uh Peyton Manning's lack of ability to win in the playoffs in recent in in his history and uh and I'll even count that that long ball that uh, that Joe Flacco threw to Jacoby Jones uh, two year, or last year with that. So I pick New England. It's going to be a shootout, I hope, because that's what you want to see from what's two of the best quarterbacks from, of all time.
1: What's keeping you from uh, going for the uh, Denver Broncos? History?
2: No, what's keeping me from going for the Denver Broncos is number one history and the fact that I do not believe that they, that No. Sean Moreno will be a factor in this game. I truly don't. I think they're going to stop the run. And then take their chances. May, hopefully, uh, put some pressure on Peyton Manning and have him make a mistake.
1: You not, know, Vince not in this game, right?
2: What is it? Vince Wilfork, he's not playing. I understand. And neither was the whole. Neither was the whole linebacking core last week. And they and they punished Indianapolis. I know Denver's yeah. not Indianapolis.
1: Indianapolis game plan is not the same as Denver Broncos game plan. They don't have the same caliber of coaches. For on. They don't have the same, uh, quarterback for i oh, us. I'm fully, I, I was, I'm fully asking, aware of that. Question: I was asking the question because I, 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 I thought if history was the, uh, I mean, if you go with history, I, I guess that could be a safe, safe bet, but as a somebody who watches the game, history don't have to, history changes. And you, you're talking about two guys. I have no clue why Peyton Manning cannot beat Tom Brady. No, whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I know.
1: But I have no clue why he can't beat him. Um, but I was, that's why I was asked the question: What was uh, was it just history to uh, make
2: you go with the New England Patriots? Tom Brady is Tom Brady until he's not Tom Brady anymore. So I will pick Tom Brady over <laughs> anybody in any game, any important game. They won twelve games this year with a with a B. Minus C-plus team Because of Tom Brady and that coach They find ways to win games Even when they're not favored Because I, I believe going to Denver They're not going to be the favorites But I will pick New England over anybody In any playoff game Until Tom Brady's not a quarterback oh, but B-minus
1: uh, minus and C-plus team They've beaten a lot of A-teams
2: Yeah A-plus. Right who? Who? They beat Denver okay, they, who? They, beat, they beat the Cardinals a 10-win team <laughs> they beat, uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up. But uh, Yeah, uh,
1: you look it up because you're talking about uh, Denver. Yeah, they beat Denver, but Denver had that game. How they lost the game is amazing to me. I have no idea on how it was, but they lost that game. But, but top,
2: did, does that count as them losing if well, they ended up winning the game that they weren't supposed to win? Turnovers. A lot of turnovers were, uh, on both sides
1: of the ball and on both teams, so that canceled each other out. So you just can't make turnovers at the wrong time of the game uh, in those football games. So yeah, they beat Denver at home. Uh, now Denver have them at home. But that was my question was well, why was you, what was keeping you from going for the Broncos?
2: Because and, because Tom Brady's not on the Broncos. That's history. <laughs> yeah, no, because Tom Brady's not on the Broncos. And Tom Brady's been to five Super Bowls, and I know he hasn't won in, in a while. And I mean he's he he was one catch away from being being a four four time Super Bowl winner. I pick him. Over anybody in the NFL to lead my team to a Super Bowl. And that's not blind love. That's not anything like that. That is just time proven, time tested. And I, I do believe that. And, and if Peyton Manning wins this year, I'll, 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 re-look, my, I'll relook at the situation. I'll look but at the situation again.
3: Who on the Patriots, other than Brady, has been to the Super Bowl? Who knows how to play under that level of pressure? Bill Belichick. Well, okay, we know that. He's
2: never had anybody... But okay, so take the first two Super Bowls. He didn't have anybody on his team except for a good defense. He didn't have any oh. offensive firepower. Tom Brady. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> name, name a receiver besides Troy Brown that he had. I don't know. I have to look it up. Yeah, I okay. think that was good or not.
1: And I'm not talking about if he was good after he left New England. I'm talking about if he was good while he was on New England. But I would have to look that up. Mm-hmm. You, you, you Tom Brady is great. Tom Brady's the Hall of Fame first ballot. And you talking about Tom Brady like he's doing it by himself. And the book, well, put Tom Brady on the field with a bunch of college guys and see if they can win those games. Because you're saying they got a C-plus team. I don't have to. Well, you, you can get 10 other guys that's C-plus or better coming out of college right now. No, no, then, no,
2: no, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about NFL-caliber players, players in the I'm NFL. A Tom
1: Brady fan. I'm a huge Tom Brady fan, but I'm a Peyton Manning fan because I like the way he think, and I've seen a guy think against me. Uh, both of those guys, who, who we are fans of is neither here nor there. We, we like who we like. I'm not taking anything away from Tom Brady, but I'm not going to discount what another person does on the field. Now, Tom Brady does. What does that have to do? I don't
2: know. In fact,
1: fact, Tom Brady does have Peyton Manning's number, both, both, uh, Indianapolis and Denver. But I, I, I don't see any, uh, C plus teams beating no A, A plus, uh, Throughout a season,
2: there n- there are no A plus teams in the NFL because you wouldn't
1: call, you wouldn't call the Denver Broncos an A plus team. No,
2: because their oh, defense isn't very good.
1: Seahawks, you wouldn't call the Seattle Seahawks an A plus team. No, because their a-
2: because their because, because their quarterback isn't very good. He's he's a product he's, he's a product of the defense and and their running back.
1: Most most quarterbacks are most quarterbacks are if you got a defense. How do you think Tom Brady became Tom Brady? Because he had a defense.
2: He had to score points, bottom, though,
1: right? He never he didn't have a running game. Oh my goodness! Are you? I'm talking about I'm talking about past stuff. I'm not talking about right, right now. Tom Brady actually does have a running game right now, but I know we talk about when he came in. Tom Brady got on the field because of two injuries of, from the quarterback position. Okay. And he he came in on the uh, defense that was balling was like one of the top tier defense in the league. So I'm trying to figure out what who are A plus and who are A and how is this C plus team beating everybody. They are
2: they are good. Because not- they have Tom Brady and they have Bill Belichick. That's why. That's how. I already said that.
1: You said that, but you're talking crazy. It don't make sense to me. But that's how you talk anyway, so it's not really a surprise <laughs> to me because I, I don't know. I've never seen c plus teams just go 12. I don't even know. Are they 12-4 just sweep teams, A plus teams throughout the season or regular season? I've never seen it done.
2: They beat Carolina. They beat New Orleans. They beat... Uh, Baltimore twice, or Baltimore once? Okay, well, I mean, they, well they it's not their Baltimore. fault that they're in the division that they're in. then not say Baltimore. Now I, I give you Carolina
1: because that run they went on. Uh, but we're still talking about. I'm not going to even. Give, I'm not going to present the argument of their quarter, Carolina's quarterback. I'm not going to put that argument in play. But we because we're talking about teams right now, so I don't want you to change the subject to try to validate a point. I'm not. Um, yeah, I, that's why I want you to do. But I, I give you uh, Carlisle. I give you New Orleans. I, I still think New Orleans is one of the higher uh, level teams in the National Football League. I, I, I like those guys. And if it wasn't for a few plays here and there in that Seattle game, they should be playing San Francisco. Uh, okay. But, but I, I was but by A plus teams and the C plus team that the New England Patriots is heading to Denver and with a good chance of beating Denver, this C plus team. Like, I said C I C said plus. B
2: minus first, so I so I gave them I gave them a B I gave them a B grading first. I just believe that that some players so a C and
1: a C minus is a was
2: what a C plus. I said B I, minus I, I, I said B minus C plus. Okay. An eighty and a, a seventy nine and an <laughs> Can we eighty. We have another
1: topic, please. Okay.
2: <laughs> no. uh,
3: I'm trying to figure you out. Guys are going down I, the rabbit I, hole here.
2: I'm trying to figure out how you're rating these teams in the National football league. He doesn't got- have all of his offensive firepower from last year is not on this team anymore. You say
1: that, bro. You say about a lot of teams. Go
2: ahead. Okay, so you pick Denver. I- you pick Denver, I pick New England. Okay, fine. So and then and then we'll, we'll, we're we're going to go to another topic now. Uh, just, this just came across the wire. Jim Caldwell gets hired as the Detroit Lions head coach. Uh, I'm it's interesting. I know that it wasn't their first pick. Uh, Ken Wisenhunt going to the Titans. Uh, he did lead. He had a really good year before the 2-14 year, and I think it was unfair that Indy fired him. And, I, Kwame, we talked about this when it happened, because he had a really good year before Peyton Manning got hurt, and then, then he's kind of been in the depths since then. Do you think it's a good hire for Detroit, hiring a semi-defensive-minded guy as opposed to an offensive-minded guy like Ken Wisenhunt?
1: I think... um I think Wizard Hunt would have been a better choice, but Tennessee Titans end up getting him. Um but I think it is good because of some of the things you mentioned what he what he did at in Indianapolis. He was a good coach in Indianapolis and I and I agree. Fire you you hire and you fire. Unfortunately he had to be the um uh, end of the fire and, uh firing part of it. But I thought he was a good coach while he was there. I thought he got those guys to play. And that's what we talk when we talk about Detroit, we don't really see them play with so much talent they have. And I don't think it, the Detroit Lions defense is the problem. I think it's the underachieving offensive guys they have, especially when you bring in some guys like Reggie Bush to, to, uh, counterpoise that offensive to a whole nother level, and Matt Stafford's still playing like this is second or third year. I, I think, um he is the right guy, and maybe there's some discipline, or maybe finishing football games. But there's no way. I think they started, uh, what was it, 4-0 and or 6-0, something like that?
2: Yeah, I don't, um, yeah, 5-1, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't, there's no way you just fall off like that with that type of talent. So I think, although we both know, we all know that that wasn't their first uh, choice to be the head coach, I think it is they did get a pretty good head coach in changing the, cult, the culture of that team.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I, you know, it's it shows how there are like top five coaches in the NFL and then everybody else. So it's 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 interesting that Ken Whisenhunt went to. T- I think that Ken Whisenhunt went to Tennessee. First of all, because he'd rather live in Tennessee than than in uh, Michigan, I truly believe that. Number two, I believe that there's less pressure on him to succeed right away. Number three, they're going to get a good draft pick. Number four, I mean, he's going to get more power there, and I think power is so important to a, especially to a new head coach, because in Detroit they're used to losing so much that if this guy comes, if he goes, comes in and goes eight and eight, they're going to already call for his head. Because he because he didn't he didn't improve them as much as they as the fans and the front office wanted him to. So I think Jim Caldwell is a safe pick for them. And uh, and and the uh, the underachieving offense I think has to do with leadership. And hopefully Jim Caldwell will, will right the ship in that regard.
1: First thing you should do is name captains. If I'm uh, Caldwell, I'm naming captains and, and and having everybody follow those guys. It's really. The player's team and coaches gotta, oh, what they need to do is put, implement a game plan, implement a system of discipline, uh, and manage the game and manage football games. Uh, but when you, when your team, when you got the right captains in place and, and when your team can follow those guys and they come out, you know, who's going to practice hard and that's going to trans, uh, translate over to game day where they're going to play hard. But well, it's gonna to be tougher to lose football games. You're gonna lose some games in the league. I don't I don't see the sixteen and zero anymore, but you're gonna lose some games in the league. But well, you're gonna play hard all the way through. When you and play
2: when you play eight games in a dome, I mean I feel like that that is an upside, that is an advantage for teams. When you play in a dome you don't have to worry about weather ever. I believe that that's a very big advantage that not a lot of teams, that some teams like Indy took advantage of it like crazy when when Peyton was there, and I don't think they take advantage of their home games as much as they should, and I do believe that starts with leadership, and hopefully Caldwell will bring that to them.
1: Here's here's the goal uh, for all teams, and this is kind of like worst-case scenario. Win all your home games and win half your games on the road. You know, most times that gets you in the playoffs. Most times you might have a bye. You win all your home games, and if you're in the Dome, you in your comfort level. You, you win all your home games, and you got the right players that can play in the dome. You got a Reggie Bush who's great in the dome. As far, as, I mean, he he's not a bad Sanders, but he's got a Sanders.
2: <laughs> no, he's not. That is correct. It's, yeah, right. but, <laughs> tell, tell I mean, Seattle that. I mean, uh, tell uh, tell Cincinnati that winning all the home games and then getting the playoffs. See how good that happens.
1: Right. So, you win all your home games, and then you if you win half of them on the road, uh, well, you're twelve and four. Yeah, 12 124 You got a good chance of being
2: in the playoff. Uh, we, we have to take a break. On the other side, I do want to ask about Ken Wisenhunt one more thing, and then we have Down and Dirty with Deborah as well to close out the show. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio, Kwame Lester on the line. We'll give you guys a break from the from the bickering for about two minutes. We'll be back.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise
2: Yeah, Kev. Uh, welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris' in studio. I believe Kwame will be calling back. Uh, this is the last segment gone all around the sports world today. A-Rod, AFC, NFC Championship Games, new coaching hires. So congratulations to Jim Caldwell just to finish up on that. Uh, we haven't heard his name since he got fired for the 2-14 Curtis Painter uh, Indianapolis Colts with, with uh, Peyton Manning being out, and he was just part of the cleaning house that Indianapolis management... Uh, went through with including releasing Peyton Manning I'm glad he got another job it's, it's, a, great, it's a great position to be in they have a great defense, they have, a, they have great offensive talent hopefully he can fuse that all together because they can definitely make a run Matt Stafford needs to cut down on his turnovers and if Jim Caldwell can make that happen that's another two or three wins right there so that, that makes him a playoff team if, if he can cut his turnovers by even a third they they are eons better as a team.
3: Well, and I agree with Kwame that if he names captains and then has an agreement with the captains an understanding with the captains, so that they're they're all together as a unified team, the the captains and the coaches that you know they know what's expected, and then they demand that respect and they demand the performance from offense, defense, and special teams that no one you know is a slacker. Uh, and I I agree, it really is a player's. Uh, uh, a player's responsibility at that level, at the pro level.
2: Yeah, Well, Ken hunt it's sad to see him go as a Chargers fan. Uh, and we could see in the first half of the Broncos game that he seemed seemingly was checked out at that point anyway, so he might have already known that he was head coach somewhere else. I, I hope that wasn't the case, and, and that's just my opinion. It's what it seemed like. I'm not saying that that's, that was actually true. Uh, NFC Championship game, two young kids playing against each other, smash Mouth. AFC, two wheelchair guys seemingly in the in the <laughs> in the NFL, thirty-seven and thirty-six respectively, with Peyton and Tom Brady. The, the combined age is the most since the NFL merger in nineteen seventy, seventy-three years old and young combined. Uh it's interest it'll be interesting to see how much experience or just raw talent which will prevail in the Super Bowl, because obviously the raw talent is in the NFC and the defenses are in the NFC, and the potent offenses are in the AFC. So we'll see. And with Down and Dirty with Deborah, I'm I'm curious to see what will happen if young or old will prevail. And you're going to tell me why one will do the other. I feel. <laughs>
3: Well, and Down and Dirty with Deborah. I want to talk about the playoffs and the players uh, as we have been. And there's three things that I see that as a player at this level, when you're going into the playoffs and the expectations are so high, as well as the stress is so high at that place, you've got to be able to, number one, um, trust. You've got to be able to trust yourself, trust your skills, and trust your team. Uh, if you can go into it having that trust no matter what happens, uh, then you're going to stay focused on what needs to happen in the game in that moment. the other thing, the second thing is to be able to manage stress. So many times players, even the day before the game, when I've got phone calls from guys or in the locker rooms or whatever, they're stressing out. They're stressing out on the sidelines. They're burning up their um, their energy. They won't have the resilience at the end of the game in order to play in the fourth quarter the same as they did as the first. And you've got to be able to manage your stress on the sidelines and then know how to use that level of energy and um um, you know, the expectations of what you need to be able to do in your position when you're on the field. So part of that is be able to go back to routines. Not don't think so much. Know that you've done your practice, you've put in, you've earned your position, you know that you're where exactly where you're supposed to be. So when you're playing, it's purely instinctual. So be able to trust, number one, manage your stress. So then you do that by uh, going back to the routines that you know work for you and uh, when you're on the sidelines, you would be able to calm down and relax enough. Obviously, that's not full relaxation, but relax enough that you can um, uh, manage the energy so that when you go back in, that you're ready to rock and roll. The third and final thing is to focus. And the focus has really got to be on you as the individual player. Don't focus on winning the game, because if you focus on winning the game, you're too far out from where you need to be. You need to be moment to moment focusing on your position and what do you need to do in the moment right now. It's not a matter of, um, um, it's not what if, it's what do I need to do now. And asking yourself the questions of what do I need to do right now in this moment to be able to play my position at its absolute best can bring your focus back to really be able to um, help your team the way you need to. So those are the three things they need to really focus on the most. Can stress
2: be overlooked or looked through if you're if you've never been in that position before. Can the position can the situation be so great that you have no idea how to encapsulate it in your own mind so you can play freer? Mm-hmm. Like Ka- Kaepernick last year, NFC Championship game, he'd never done anything like that before, and he went in and won. The, like it was th- that was a really tough game for them to win, and he won it. I mean, with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, do you think that the veteran ship of them? makes them understand stress more or do you think it'll allow them to overcome it easier you understand what i'm asking it, kind of maybe almost okay it's- <laughs> ignorance is bliss with with the right young kids, exactly and then understanding the whole scope of the stress might be more stressful. I mean, I, I'm not sure how. Well, stress it's really works
3: in those it's, well. Really, stress is it's an internal thing. Uh, it shows up in an external way in that we see you know people blowing up, uh, which Brady did earlier this year. All the players have had incidences where, under stress, they start blowing up in some way. Um, and they lose focus when they do that. They also lose the uh, resiliency. They lose their flexibility. Um, they're not able to play as well instinctually when you're thinking too much because you're under stress. Your mind is, is really looking for the information um, in your brain to know how to run the plays that you've been able to run you know, week after week after week. Um, so stress is a huge factor to know how to manage it. Um, now, the thing is with a player, when they're playing at this level, you don't want to go into full relaxation, obviously, because you can't play at that level mm-hmm. either. So it's knowing how to take the stress and use it when you're on the field in a way where you can have dominance and then be able to go back uh, even going back into um like my offensive guys, even going back into the huddle, I teach them some techniques to just be able to really get in a very clear, coherent state, so they can hear the play, know exactly what they're supposed to do, go back in their position, and get pumped up within seconds. Um, and that could be a veteran or you know one of the newbies coming in because uh, you can have
2: a veteran mind in a in a in a newbie body. Well, in that you regard. can,
3: you can, yeah. So it's really based on the, everything goes back to the individual player.
2: Now, is that tough with a with a team sport to be able to um, exude uh, just confidence in a huddle if you're stressed? Like you can't fake not being stressed, especially as a quarterback. I mean, you need to be able to like Russell Wilson. I see this is the biggest game of his life. Now, is he just going to mm-hmm. lean on the run and, and question all of his question all of his uh, the things that he wouldn't question in the regular season, I'm just not sure if he's gonna if he's gonna be up to the task mentally to overcome that stress with having Kaepernick being there last year and being in the Super Bowl.
3: Well, and certainly experience does help, and building evidence helps. So even if you look at what have they done in the last, you know, we talk about the momentum from the previous game. You know, the reality is it does give a, a a level of momentum going into the next game because it has evidence, it has immediate evidence. But if the guys would really look at their body of evidence as to what they've been able to do in the past and then be able to say, yes, I've going back to the statement, I've earned this. And therefore, I am going to stay in this moment. You know they'll be able to play well. The problem is they get in the moment and then they get flustered by what everybody else is doing instead of focusing on themselves.
2: Absolutely, and I think that Seattle is going to be the one that has to deal with that because they haven't played well down the stretch this year. They squeaked out the win against squeaked out against uh, New Orleans. They were crushing that team in the first half, and New Orleans crept back in it. So I do well, believe. And then San Francisco did did put put a hurting to uh, to Carolina. Uh, we we got to go. This, this thing blows, blows by. Um, follow Deborah at Deborah Debris on Twitter, at Clancy's Corner, C L A N C Y S C O R N E R, for me, uh, DeborahDebris.com, yourclearedge.com, uh, download our podcast, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk on iTunes, subscribe, voiceamerica.com, search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, all of our shows are archived. Listen, we have some good stuff, even if, even though it's older news. Alex Clancy,